Hello everyone, welcome to Behind the Scenes in Health podcast. This podcast is a show where we are focused on finding out what happens behind the scenes in the healthcare industry. We focus on Nigeria, Africa and the diaspora. A lot of persons do not have an idea of the sheer grit and determination that goes on with building healthcare, starting from training in school to building healthcare businesses. My name is Ronald Kelechi, we are popularly known as Dr. Ron. I am a medical doctor with a postgraduate degree in clinical anatomy. I'm currently pursuing another in health informatics. I'm interested in healthcare technologies, innovation, informatics, and health content creation. By the side, I run MRI Medic, a company focused on helping healthcare companies tell their brand stories. Join me on the show as I interview and have chats with experts across the healthcare space including players in health technology, seasoned clinicians, finance experts, and healthcare professionals who have veered off the practice. It is my hope that with this podcast, we will shed light on some of these great areas and hopefully inspire the next generation of healthcare professionals, one conversation at a time. So on today's episode, I have with me Dr. Akinsomi Apara, who is a dentist and just completed a postgrad degree in health informatics. So he'll be sharing his journey with us, why informatics, what worked, what didn't work, and some of the things he wished he had known prior to getting into the program. So if you're a dentist, this might just interest you. So sit back and enjoy the episode. I think we are live. Just a minute. Let me confirm. Yes, we're live. So good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode. And today we'll be talking to Dr. Akinsomi, who is a dentist and also health informatician. Thank you, Dr. Somi, for making our time to come and talk to us about your journey, studying health informatics and all of that. So I think I'll just pass on the mic to you to introduce yourself. Let us meet you. Okay. Um, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Dr. Akin Somi Apara. I'm a dentist by profession, graduated in 2011. Did a lot of clinical practice within that time till 2021 before moving to the UK to study my master's in health informatics. So, yeah, briefly, that's my journey in a nutshell. Okay, that's interesting. So, prior to going for your postgraduate degree, I'll assume that you were working as a dentist or was there any other thing you were doing? Okay, so my journey was quite interesting. I started off as a clinician. That was during my um, post um, post NYSE. I worked as a clean uh, as a, de- a dentist slash okay. practice manager in a small clinic in my little town in Oshobo for twenty from twenty fourteen to twenty fifteen. It was a it was quite an interesting time because it was still an up and coming clinic. So I was dental, I was the dentist, I was the marketer, I was the practice manager, I was I was going around to schools, 
going around to um, businesses to, you know, give talk on oral health, try to sensitize the public on how on oral health and why they need to take care of their teeth. So 2015, I moved down to Lagos because uh, I believe that I served my time in Oshogo for a while. And I moved <laughs> to Lagos to work in a private dental clinic uh, where I worked from 2015 all the way till 2021. There I was, I started off as an associate dentist. Um, with time, I moved also again to become a quality assurance manager, part-time practice manager, part-time HR. It was, it was really an interesting time because I got to see more of the non-clinical side of dentistry. I, I, I delved more into that. I was able to see how the admin side of dentistry worked, what, what it entailed to work as a, de- as a non-clinical dentist. In 2019-2020, um, the clinic I worked for, Smile 360, shout out to Smile 360, um, opened up a clinic in um, Abuja. And then I was sent to the clinic in Abuja to help them open up and spearhead there. I went there and beyond just being the clinical, a, a clinical um, dentist, I also did a lot of work as a non-clinical dentist again. And this time my scope went just beyond the admin. I went into a lot of construction too because it was a new clinic, so we had to. I had to deal with vendors. I had to deal with contractors. It was it was really fun because you tend to learn how dentistry is 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 built. A dental clinic is built. You learn yeah. how you need to set up a clinic. You need how to, you know, collaborate with other other vendors, other contractors to make your clinic a success. How to market your market your clinic because um, a lot of the time people people um, people have the notion that clinics or hospitals are purely humanitarian but then we have to also look at hospitals and clinic as a business because if they cannot survive then they cannot perform their humanitarian duties also <laughs> while I was at Smart360 I also was a project manager for the um, for one of their their non their own CSR, which was Project Smile, whereby we tried to give to create to recreate the beauty of a smile for a lot of people that we are really needing it at the time. We had people that required major smile con- reconstructions that we actually do for. We had a lot of success stories, and we had. It was really fun. Then come 2021, September, um, all this time, I've always been interested in the evolution of dentistry, especially digital. And um, I know I keep going back to Smart360, but they gave me a platform to actually explore that that aspect of dentistry because um, they were very... They were very um, keen on always bringing in some digital digital evolution into dentistry. So it gave me time to actually study with um, a lot of things that were going on in terms of the um, digital aspect of dentistry, digital smile, digital crowns, 
um, digital impressions. And that really got me interested in how, what I can do to actually help build dentistry. Yeah. Um, we had some uh, medical, uh, electronic medical records that we were using in my clinic, but I found out that they were not, to be fair, they were good. They were very, like, they were very good, but in a way, they were not fit for purpose in the sense that they were not, they were not designed for the African, yeah, the African, African scope, the African scene. They were designed more for um, Western. So I, I, I was always interested in seeing what I could do to actually create or build something that was more, that was more local, that was more homegrown, something that would, yeah. that was fit for the African scene. And that's what really got me interested in digital dentistry. At the time, I applied for digital dentistry and and um, health informatics. But along the way, doing further research, I found out that health informatics was leaning more towards what I was thinking or what I was planning in terms of moving dentistry forward. So. Um, Luckily, luckily enough, I was able to get the um, master's program for health informatics in Swansea University. And I went, I started in 21 um, September and um, just graduated two months ago. And that's been my journey so far. Okay, that's interesting. So looking at health informatics, I mean, were there other courses you were considering, maybe like digital health, uh, MSc, artificial intelligence, and all of that? Why why did you settle you know, for health informatics? So um, when I was considering this, I thought about digital dentistry. I, th- I thought about health informatics. I thought about um, data data analysis, um, health data analysis. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there was an, wait, there was another one I thought about. No, basically those three were the main things that were more relating to what I was thinking about when, when my mind comes to digital dentistry. Yeah. Um, but I found out that health informatics kind of encompasses all of them in a way it was a it was broader it, it covered it in a more broad in a more broad fashion because it um, health informatics basically is a combination of health healthcare information yeah. and digital um information technology and um, some form of digital aspects in dentistry so I uh, and then I looked at what you can even do as subspecialists in health informatics. Uh, I found out that under health informatics, you could be a change analyst. You could be a um, you could be a quality um, information quality control controller. You could you could delve into machine learning. You could even delve into some aspects of artificial intelligence. So. That actually piqued my interest, and then I went. I decided to take up health informatics as as compared to digital dentistry or 
uh, digital health, sorry, or yeah. um, health, health data analysis. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, if you guys are watching, if you have any questions, please pop it in the chat, uh, comment section rather. I'll see it here and we'll take it from there. So talking about your <clears throat> studying health informatics, I mean, I get this question from a lot of dentists, you know, so some people are wondering, what's your experience like? Is it difficult? Is it challenging? Is it easy? I mean, what's your experience? I mean, I think that might, you know, I, I said I can't answer from a dentist's perspective. So you will be the best person to answer that question. Well, I will start by saying it's an uncharted territory for me. My personal experience, it was an uncharted territory for me. However, because of the um, the digital background I had from where I trained, it wasn't so complicated. I had an idea, so it was more or less health informatics did not. It's not dealing with a specific uh, a specific part of healthcare, so it was broad. You personally would be the one to tailor it towards your profession in the end. Yeah, I, when I came in, I most of the courses we were doing discussed on healthcare in general, but I had to tailor it towards dentistry. We had courses in medical coding, we had courses in change management, we had courses in uh, privacy and, and confidentiality and all of that. And at the time, it seemed it seemed like it's was tailored to medicine as a whole. But we also have to remember that dentistry is actually a, an aspect in medicine, is a part of medicine. So you just have to tailor whatever the information you get to fit into the dentist's perspective. And it actually works perfectly. Whatever health information, because we have, just the same way we have electronic medical records in medicine. We also have electronic medical records in dentistry. So it's the same information. It's just how it's used that is different. And you just need to you need to um, tailor it towards your your profession. Yeah. The course as a whole was uh so I would like to say it was not difficult, but it was challenging. Um, I would um, because in the end, you it's if you've always been in, especially if you've always been in the clinical aspect of medicine, yeah. it would look a bit strange to you if you've never had to deal with anything had admin like looking at the background of the medical records or have to deal with um, implementing implementing a project, implementing change or having to deal with um, patients' records or patient privacy and confidentiality. A lot, of the new, a lot of the things that will be said will sound a bit strange to you. So it's not left to you to try to read more and study more. The um, MSc we did was more, it was more along the line of research rather than physical work, which I think a lot of people need to actually have that information before going in. 
because sometimes you, when you hear the word health informatics and you see the things that they deal with, you hear machine learning, you hear artificial intelligence, you hear medical coding. A lot of the time, the thing that goes back of your mind is, hmm, do I need to know how to code? Do I need to know uh, anything about artificial intelligence? So it, it comes with some level of fear and excitement. <laughs> then you get into the course and you find that it's a whole different ballgame. And you find you are doing more of researching, you are doing more of, um, of checking the literature, of um, referencing, of actually reading and delving deep into a lot of these informations that you've heard about. So, like I said, it's not difficult, but it might pose a little bit of a challenge, especially if you, if you don't have any level of non-clinical experience in the dentistry profession. <clears throat> okay. So, I mean, looking back in hindsight now, are there things that you think that maybe if you had known more, uh, would probably have made it easier or less challenging? So, first off, I wish I had known that it was going to be more of research than actual physical, the physical work. Because in my mind, I thought, oh, this course is going to teach me how to code. I'm going to learn how to do some coding. So before coming in for the course, I decided to, you know, take the bull by the horn and do some, I did some in HTML, CSS, I even started off a little bit on JavaScript, came in to tr try to start a little bit on Python, you know, just to get like a broad sense of the thing that would let, that would be learning when I enter into the course. Um, then I come into the course and I find out that it's just basically research. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so it's, I wish I'd known that. Maybe I would have, learn to practice more on my research skills rather than okay. and then maybe i would have learned to also practice more on data analysis maybe those were the ones that were more uh, they were more um they were more useful to the yeah. course than the whole python don't get me wrong learning and learning coding is a, it's one of the greatest favors you could do to yourself because with the way the world is going Coding might be the next, it might be the next digital language that everybody will have to know how to speak before you can actually communicate. So yeah, learning a form of coding, it's perfect. But if you are going to be doing health informatics, I would advise that you actually do research, a more research into the course in itself that you are going to be doing it and the university in which you will be doing the course in the course. Different universities um, apply different approach yeah, okay. to how they teach the health informatics. Um, health informatics in some universities in America would actually require you to know a form of coding, a coding language. Mm -hmm. But like the one we did in Swansea was not um, having a background in coding was not like a mandatory criteria. Yeah. It was a booster for you, but it was not a mandatory criteria. And you tend to learn more that 
health information technology goes just beyond coding and designing code and there, there are other aspects there's like i mentioned change implementation um, knowledge management and 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 a host of other things you can do as a non-coder learning health informatics and it's even more beautiful in dentistry because it's still like i said uncharted territory in dentistry so you can be a pioneer in some of these non-coding aspects of health information technology okay that sounds good uh, so somebody just popped in a question here let me before we continue he said how much do uh i guess this is health informaticians and <laughs> so health informaticians actually it's like i said it's it's based on the country and the um the path of health information that you are in health informatics the 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 line in health informatics that you are following your your um your career progression some because you can say medical coders are also some form of health informatician yeah definitely and i'm not sure that any medical coder can come and say that the salary is is as beautiful as you hope it would be. In fact, one of these days, I'm bringing a medical coder to come and talk. So, so that's yeah, fine. because it, uh, I personally believe the work that goes into medical coding does not does not tally with the amount that they are given because medical coding requires a lot of work, and the pay doesn't seem to really match up. And I'm sure they would probably fight, fight, fight for better pay at some point. But yeah. like I said, it's the the line you're towing in health information, uh, health informatics also will determine the kind of salary you earn. Some people earn as high as a hundred thousand pounds per annum. Some as high as seventy thousand pounds per annum. While some go as low as. 18,000 pounds per annum. It's it basically just follows the line that you are following in, in, in health informatics. And if you are a pathfinder, like some people, yeah. and you find your niche where you can actually develop yourself and become a become a need for the general public, you will find that you can actually go in you can fall in the higher level of earners. Say, for example, if you just think about that, like I was talking about health information record, how about I become one of the people that designs a pure dental health information record system that suits the country that I come from? Yeah. That automatically creates a need because I know I've worked within my system. So I know what exactly what will work for my system. And if I design something along that line, I think I would most likely get more people interested in buying my products mm -hmm. because I work not just with the diseases that are more common to us or the nomenclatures that we are used to. I also work with the amounts that I know 
would benefit more for the procedures that they do. And we can now tally that to how our own system works and it would work much better than, any, than say, for example, a Western health medical record that works on a broad sense. And then because I come from the country and I work with the country, I'll be more, I'll be more at hand to give a, a better system support, customer support. So I'll be more valuable and that will create a niche for me. And that would also increase what I can earn because yeah. I've created a I've created the I've created the need based I've created the system based on the needs of the populate my target population. Yeah. I think that sounds cool. Um, Sixes, I don't know if you're still watching. So I guess that also sort of answers your question. So basically, I mean, how much you earn depends on, I mean, the career path you're looking to, you know, take because, I mean, health informatics gives you like a wide open playing field. You know, there are so many things you can do. Like you said, you could be a change expert. You could be an implementation expert. You can decide to go into information governance. You can go into risk assessment. You can go into quality improvement. Uh, you can go into research, UX research. I mean, the boundaries are limitless. So, and all these uh, professions have different, um, you know, amounts they pay. So it depends on what you're looking out for, <clears throat> really. So there's another question here. I'll just bring it um here so lat b says how do you intend to use this course in dentistry as a professional or career or if you can give different careers this can be used for in dentistry i guess this is a dentist asking so maybe it's your colleague <laughs> well so um like i said when the course was taught to us it was taught in a broader fashion but we have like i mentioned we have to find a way to tailor it towards dentistry as a profession. This course teaches us health information technology. One of the things that it will delve on, and one of the projects, one of the projects I actually did during my course was to design a teledentistry application, software application, okay. which allowed me to be able to create a community for both dentists and patients to be able to discuss with each other and um, find, and then we had some videos that would talk about what you can do in an emergency situation. So that's, teledentistry is a part of health information technology. So that is something you can use health informatics to do. We also talked about, like I talked about, also, um, the health medical records. That's also a part of health information technology, which is health informatics. And that is something you can actually use to design a more, a more tailored dentistry health um, electronic medical record that would suit purpose for your dental clinic. You can also use this course to be um, a change or implementation officer in terms of selling health information records to dental clinics and help the staff of the dental clinics to actually accept change 
one of the hardest things you can ever do, which both from my experience and from teaching, is to get a group of staff to, uh, to accept any form of change. <laughs> it is one of the hardest things. One of the things you learn in the course is that you have to group your kind of, you, you have to group the people into their into their learning curve, which is you have the slow implement uh, you have the slow learners, you have the fast learners, and you have the middle learners. You have the slow adopters, you have the middle adopters, you have the late adopters. Another thing we were able to learn in this course is the fact that most people tend to qualify and say, oh, then all dentists will probably fall under the category of early adopters, or, or maybe all nurses will fall under the category of middle adopters, all, and, or all this um, particular set of people will fall under the category of late adopters, which we find out that it's not really the case because sometimes you would have dentists who fall under the category of late adopters, not because they don't know how it works, but because other, other external factors yeah. might prevent them from learning it early. Say, for example, if it's a dentist that is always working, he probably doesn't have the time to sit down and start learning the new application system. So he's going to fall under the category of late adopters, not because he doesn't know it, but because he just doesn't have the time. Yeah. We have dentists that are used to a particular system and telling them to switch to a different system will pose a challenge for them because they know, they already know how well the system works for them. They have no concern with the system. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of two things are new in this new system that might benefit them, but they are not used to that and they are not ready to change so easily. They will fall under the either middle or late adopters. So... Like I say, you have to, this is also a, it's, a, it's actually a career in health informatics, being a change executive, helping clinics um, accept or how they, how you can phase the um, change, how you can put the change for them in phases so that implementation will be easier for clinics, which was something I wish we had when I was, working in the practice I was when we were going to change from an old system to a new system. A new so if we had that, I'm sure the, um, the transition might have been much easier for us. But I mean, this course has been able to open my eyes to the fact that it's actually a whole profession on its own. That actually yeah. does that. We have people that we have a lot of information in dentistry that are not being tapped into right now because nobody has ever thought about it. And it's actually a career progression on people analyzing dental data to provide information for change implementation, for um, government, government bodies, for policymakers, because you this information is quite important and it can actually help them fashion a way to move dentistry forward. So... This health informatics, like I mentioned, you just have to tailor it towards how you can use it to better yourself in dentistry. But I can say that there are a lot of career progressions in dentistry used in health informatics along the dentistry profession. 
right thanks for that Somi. uh lat b if you're still watching i i hope uh he's been able to you know shed light on how um health informatics applies to dentistry and different um job roles or opportunities available for a dentist who is looking to study health informatics i think i'll probably do a video one of these days to talk about um different career options uh, available for dentists who study um, health informatics. I, I've made a note of that, so I will do that. Then there's another question here. I'll bring it up in a second. So this is from Joseph Kende Akingba. So I, I hope I got that right. So he's saying, what advice will you give to a newly graduated dentist? Who wants to explore health informatics and the steps to follow? Okay, so um, this might be a personal opinion, yeah, or probably I would say old school opinion because <laughs> I'm old school. But I would advise that you first actually have some experience in the clinical part of your course. It's, I mean, it's possible to finish school, graduate, and straight jump straight into health informatics. But then, once you come into health informatics without a proper background of the dentistry that you studied, you there's a chance that you might come out of the health informatics with a more broader knowledge of something else, and you might not actually pursue the dentistry the dental aspects of health informatics, you would most likely want to think of other common, quote unquote, more common aspects in health informatics. Yeah. So if you are thinking about doing health informatics in a dental perspective, then it is advisable you actually practice dentistry first for a while. Um, for a while could be as as low as two years for me i actually had practiced dentistry for 10 years before actually moving so it's it's not you you can it's it varies but i would advise that if you want to practice health informatics within the dentist the dentistry profession then you might want to actually gain some experience in the dentistry profession first However, if you are looking to more general or a more broad sense of health informatics, then by all means, you can start as soon as you are ready. All you just need to do is first off, find a school that offers the course. Once you find the school that offers the course, they will tell you their requirements, follow their requirements, get your admission, pay your school fees, get your <laughs> visa, and move to the country. And start your course. See, see the way I'm saying it as if it's so easy. <laughs> well, the truth is, it's it's best. It's best. Would I say it's best? But it's the truth is, it's not. It's not as challenging if you follow the process as it's stated for you. If they yeah. say for this course you need so A, B, C, D, E, and you follow A, B, C, D, E, there's a high chance that you will get the course. 
I had I did a lot of try and failure. I did a lot of try and fail because I had applied I'd applied to some different schools in another country, did not get the visa, did not get this. So it's I come with some level of knowledge of knowing that if you don't follow as they ask, chances are that you might not get what you are looking for. It's also advisable if you can get yourself an experienced, licensed agent. Again, I'll say it, experienced, licensed agent. Uh, it, because there are a lot of agents out there that are ready to help you, but some of them don't have the experience required for the course you want to go for. So again, from experience, I've, I, I learned that the hard way, knowing that, they might have the experience to get you somewhere else, but they might not have the experience for where you are going to. And they try to use the old experience of the ones they know to help you. And then you fall into various pitfalls mm -hmm. and then you waste a lot of money. Yeah. So if you want to use an agent, make sure that it's a tried and tested agent that actually knows about the course you are going for and how best to help you get into it. Yeah, I think I, I quite agree with you. I think the part where you said um, it needs to get some work experience, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense to, you know, understand the industry where you're, you're working in. You know, work for uh, as a dentist one, two years, then you understand how it works so that, I mean, Coming with your informatics knowledge now, it makes more sense and you're better, you know, suited to apply maybe whatever change you want to implement or all of that, rather than just jumping into, you know, from, you know, undergrad into postgrad immediately and all of that. It's not that saying it's not uh, good or it's impossible, but I mean, from personal experience, I think it makes more sense at, mm -hmm. and the, the course now makes more meaning. Or sense to you when you're actually <clears throat> studying it so that's what uh, i think then there yeah i think i i have a video i i did a couple of days ago on how to get into health informatics in the uk if you're looking at uk as your where you want to school there's a video i i did a couple of days ago i think i tried to talk about the different schools in the uk that offer health informatics, their school fees and you know requirements and all of that. So you might just want to look for it and um, watch it, right? So uh, Joseph, if you're still watching, I guess, or I hope that uh, he's been able to answer your question. Um, oh, okay, all right, I've seen his comments. He said, thank you. So that makes a lot of sense. Then uh, let me check here. So somebody is sending me a DM is asking, how are you able to combine studying and um, <clears throat> and working in the UK? Or did you have all the money you needed to come to the UK? Oh, to the, UK? <laughs> the age old question, how are you able to work and study in the UK? Yeah. Number one, I will say partly the course in itself, the way the course was structured, was a huge help for us to be able to combine work and study. Because the way the course was structured, we had 
one full week of lectures every month. The rest of the month, you are out there doing your research, doing your assignments, doing your own work, doing your analysis. So you had time to be able to do some work, which by the way, in case you didn't know, in the UK, as a student, you're only entitled to 20 hours of work. So that in itself gives you more time to actually study because you can't do beyond 20 hours of work on your visa. So you have a lot of time to study and your whichever, comp whichever company you work for understands that with your student visa, you can't work beyond a certain amount of hours. So they also try to fashion the work, your working schedule to fit into that, our, that, um, that, that time frame. So you do have enough time to actually do a lot of research and reading, which in health informatics, you will do. You will do a lot of reading. You will do a lot of, re like, I'm not, going, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. You are going to do a lot of reading and research. You <laughs> will read because you will have to reference every statement you make in your, in your presentation, in your work. You have to reference everything some of them I even require you to have two or three references. And for you to be able to reference anything legally, you have to have read it to be able to reference it. No reading, no referencing. So it's, you will have to read a lot. So the, the way they structure the course in itself gives you an, enough time to not only read, but also work within the time frame that is given to you. So you will be fine. If I can't do it, you can't do it. <laughs> all right thanks for that there's another question here let me bring it up screen so Sixtus is still watching he's asking which is better doing residency and specializing or doing a master's in medical informatics and following that career path now that question is a very is a very loaded question yeah Again, it has to be, it, it comes down to your personal personal belief or whatever. Some people do, it, anywhere you go is the right way, in short. Anywhere you go is the right way. If you go for residency and you specialize, that is one of the best things you can do. If you choose to go for your master's in health, medical informatics and follow that career path, also that's a good thing you can do. Just know, that this is what you want to do and then do it some people no honestly nobody can't nobody can actually say this is the right one to do none of them is better they are both very good whichever road you follow is good some people don't do residency they don't do masters and they are following their own personal career path and they are doing excellent so you can't yeah there's no there's no better way there's just the way you want to go. That's the way you should go. So there's no, I can't say there's anyone that is better. They are both really good, whichever way you try, you choose to go. But I think I also, you know, chipping here. I mean, like you said, it's, it's a personal decision. You know, I've seen doctors who do residency after specializing, they still go ahead to do an MSc in health informatics or whatever. I've seen those who said, like, like, we are not doing residency. Let's just do this first degree, work a little bit, and go and do the MSc. 
and continue from there. You know, so it all boils down to what is your own personal, you know, conviction or decision. Some people get into an MSc because of different reasons. For example, some people are like, okay, I don't want to do call again. I don't want anybody to be calling me at odd hours and all of that. So I just want to do a regular nine to five and go and rest, you know. Some people, they are burnt out from working in clinics, you know. I mean, we're talking of burnout, clinician burnout now. I mean, you're seeing 100 patients a day. You don't even have time to rest. Uh, people are doing uh, 30 December. You, can't, you are in the hospital, you know, cleaning teeth or doing one thing or the other. You know, some people are just looking for that good work-life balance. And this is one of the pathways that could offer them that because they just do a traditional nine to five and they rest during their weekend. They can go for vacations and all of that. That's still fine. Some people want to, you know, have a role to play in digital innovation or seeing how they can, you know, have a role to play in health tech, you know, using technology to support healthcare. That's still fine. So it all depends on what you want to do and, you know, your own, I mean, so it's not something somebody will decide for you. It's left for you to, you know, do your own research, you know, ask yourself the hard questions. Is this what I really want to do? Because sometimes, again, I mean, heading into areas like this, like you said, the initial is uncharted. So it's like you don't have a lot of people who have done this. So what's the evidence that this is the correct decision? Mm -hmm. you know, because we are seeing, okay, we are seeing specialists, we are seeing dental specialists, they are doing well and all of that. But you've not seen a dentist who has done diplomatics and probably doing well and all of that. So where is the conviction to say, okay, let me follow this pathway here. So, but you, you have to be convinced yourself that ah, this is the correct uh, way to go. And last, last, somebody used to tell me, if it doesn't work out, you fall back to the clinic. <laughs> you always have your certificates. You, you have your dental professional certificates. <laughs> so you can always go back and do your clinical. Yeah, you go back to the clinics and continue practicing uh, until something else you know, pops <laughs> up and all of that. So... Uh, six twos, I don't know if you're still watching. So that I think that's what we think. It's for you to decide on what you want to do, really, and just um, follow you through. And I think that's also one of the reasons why I try to do, you know, do do this. You know, bringing people um, who are in these different areas to come and share their experience. So it makes it helps people, you know, make better informed decisions. I mean. Like now, I've seen a dentist who has decided to go for health informatics. Okay, you'll be like, say, okay, Roach, they decide. Make with the follow them, they go, you know. <laughs> no, Abena, we'll find road. You can, we'll find road anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's saying thank you so much that he asked because um, he's currently a final year medical student and he's just confused. Don't be confused, though. You know, just stick you one day at a time. <laughs> I think the, your first priority is to pass the final MB. Pass the yeah. chapter. Then you can come and sit down and now think about the road. Because <laughs> graduate, graduate. First thing you need to do is first graduate. Finish school, graduate. <laughs> there's time. Don't worry. There's time for you to make the decisions that you want to make. Who knows? In the next two, three years, there might be a another course that would even suit you better than medical or health informatics health that you might find. Right? 
Yeah. Or there might even be with somebody might have we might have created a new sub residency, a dentistry that you will find interesting. So give first pass your exam. Yeah. Graduate, collect your certificate, collect your license. Then you, you the road would always show itself to you because the more you practice, the more you know what you want to do. So yeah, you have time, don't worry. <laughs> So six to share your head. So first things first, let's let's get your license sorted out before you head into other waters. I mean, the, the sky is broad, the options are numerous, so there's no need to to be confused. Let me see if there is any other question from here. Just a second. Um, All right, then, uh, okay, I don't think there's any other question for now. <clears throat> so, I mean, um, from your experience so far, so would you recommend the course? Would you recommend to dentists to come and study health informatics? Or... Well, I would definitely recommend that even if you don't study it as a master's course, you can look for probably certification courses, if there are any, just to get the an information, know a little, a little bit more about managing patient information because with the way the world is going, litigations are going to be more. And one of the one of the easiest paths to ever catch a clinician is patient records. That is one of the ways that any clinician can fall into any form of pitfalls. Yeah. So learning about patient information, its management, how to disseminate the information, what to watch out for, patient's um, confidentiality, patient's privacy, um, how, to, how to present patient information, how to hide some patient information, who the patient, who's, who the patient information should go to, how we should get to them. Those are some of the things you might really, that I believe would really work for you, especially if you are one of the few dentists that will plan to move out of Nigeria to try and um, practice in a different country. Those information will be really beneficial. As a matter of fact, it will be one of the criteria that they will ask you to know. What is the role of, um, say, for example, in the UK now, they will ask you what the role of GDPR is in uh, America. I've forgotten the America's could, um, information body. I can't remember. Is it is okay. the EPA regulations? Yes, the EPA. So you, those are very vital things you would need to know. And I'm sure with um, with the way Nigeria is going, we are going to start having some of these situations whereby patient information and records will be of utmost importance and managing those records are is something you would need to learn so if you want to be somebody that will be able to be a in the forefront of teaching or educating people on how to manage this information health informatics is the cost for you because not only would you learn that, you would also learn how to change, help people manage change, 
how to help people design application softwares that pertain to health, how to manage the information on this. Because even with the application software, you also need to know how to manage information. Basically, the world is a whole ball. We are just a whole ball of information floating around. Managing this information is going to become one of the hot cakes in the nearest future. So if you want to get on top of that, then health informatics is going to be the cause for you. <laughs> right, guys, you've heard it too. So if you're a dentist, so it's a good option for you. Then somebody is asking here, let me see. So how easy is it to get jobs after the degree? So here's the truth. The, it's not easy to get any form of job, whether it's health informatics or it's even dentistry. The, in the end, you have to, you have to, you just have to put yourself out there, let them know what you can do, and the right set of companies will ask you to come over and work for them. I would not say it's hard, but I would not definitely not say it's an easy, it's easy to get any job. Yeah. In the especially, like I said, it's uncharted territory. So most people would not know what to use to, to do with you because they are it's not something they are used to. So you have to be the one to present yourself to show them this is exactly what I can do and this is what you will need in the coming future because the world is moving towards a more evolved digital revolution and you need to be at the forefront. Any company that believes in moving with the times would see you as a valuable asset. So the world is out there. You just let need to let them know what you can do. Right. Okay. Let me see if there is uh, any other question. We're close to the one hour mark. I didn't expect we'll spend up to an hour here. Just a minute. So. Yeah, there are no more questions. I, I think we've been able to do justice to most of the burning questions that a lot of dentists um have so i'll also share this video i think i'll still leave it on my live stream so people can still come back to to watch it i mean i had a lot of dentists asking me some of these questions but i'm glad we've sorted them out so thank you so much Sami, for coming on and um yeah wish you the best in your endeavors thank you <laughs> all right guys bye for now till i come your way next episode stay safe and fine Bye. It's always a pleasure to come on air and you know shed light on some of these important topics in the healthcare space. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode, like uh, I did myself, putting this together with Akin Somi. And until I come your way next episode, I still remain your host, Dr. Ron. Bye for now. <laughs>